Welcome back to Thinking About It. It's been a little while since uh, we've had a conversation. Hope you're enjoying the summer. But uh, we've got a few more podcasts we want to produce, and uh, we hope that you enjoy this one in particular. I'm here with uh, my friend Dave Barker, and we've been talking just uh, previous to this podcast about the impact that MAID is having medical-assisted in dying. And uh, that's something that a lot of ministers are dealing with. Uh, people in the pew are wondering if this is a viable uh, stewardship of my life to end it uh, in a so-called good death. And uh, Dave, we've been really helped by this article that came out in Faith Today on uh, how MAID is transforming Canadian end-of-life care. And I've underlined a few uh, passages, passages, it's not scripture, but it it feels like scripture sometimes with, with the things that are said. But um, you, you and I have made hospital visits. This is the world in which we live, and we can't ignore this. Uh, it's a real option for people. Sometimes it's a pressure that people are under to relieve their families from caring or the financial burden that is placed on them. Um, and it actually makes sense to some people that this would be a reasonable thing to do, but but we've got to think biblically about it. So, um, did you you read the article? Yep, you, what did, did you think of it? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think you know, Dr. John Scott. Um, uh, the article is written by uh, Patricia Patty, but she quotes a, a doctor. But um, no, I thought the article was excellent and highly informing. I did not know the extent to which this has become part of our, and it's part of our medical system. And an interesting line, access to MAID is a constitutionally protected civil and human right and a publicly funded health care right under the Canadian Health Act. It is worth noting that access to palliative care is not. Now, I find that startling. Mm. Hmm. And then uh, a couple other, you know, there hmm. was a couple of other that some people actually see made as almost as a therapy. Hmm. Um, some part of their brain thinks, I'm not going to have to die. I can have made instead. Right. Well, if this is the kind of thing that is being subtly or overtly communicated mm-hmm. to families, to people in in, in difficult situations... This is this is this is deceptive. yeah. It's not the first time we've seen double talk in the medical community. They talk about abortion as health care, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be aware that this this bait switch is going on. Uh, this art, this one statement that he's said here on page uh, thirty-five. I think there is increased suffering as a result of made, not decrease, which is what we had predicted as Christians. And he talks about this angst, this, this um, fork in the road that people face that they would not, the decision that they've got to make that they otherwise would not have made, it would have been God's decision. And, and to think about ending your life just as a whole new level of um, angst or existential suffering that, that might even be greater than physical suffering. Yeah, and we've all been involved, you know, you and I 
have been involved in making decisions for others. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I was part of being, being, I was part of, um, a time when the family had to withdraw treatment for, uh, a a young teenage girl and there was no hope of recovery as far as they or we could tell. So we stood around the bed for several hours while over time they withdrew treatment and she passed away. Um, and that was obviously a very, very difficult situation. But what we've done now with his maid thing is we've increased that pressure mm-hmm. like exponentially mm-hmm. in that almost everyone who comes to an end-of-life reality, the maid factor now kicks in. And um, <laughs> the most terrifying part of this was so they could free up beds. Um, my goodness, where have we gone here? Yeah. Now, you and I were talking about just, just before the, uh, before the podcast, there, there are boundaries on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're talking about a boundary on one side. And, um, I think that we're duly and appropriately concerned as pastors and as believers about yeah. where it's all going. Um, on the other side, I remember years ago when I was in seminary, we were doing some, uh, we were doing some graduate seminars on, on euthanasia. And I remember one of my colleagues, fellow students said, but we also need to be careful of what he called the idolatrous pursuit of biological life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that phrase always stuck with me. Um, there is a time to die. And I remember standing around that bed with that young girl and thinking, okay, I guess this is may, maybe one of the places where that kicks in. But at the same time, I think we're, we're leaning way too far in the other direction. That, that, that comment about made or that kind of thing is a, a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. Palliative care is not. Yeah. Um, that, that is saying something about... The preferred option. And our society in general... Yeah. And as I think in the article it said, and you noted it, that suffering is now the new... Um, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll read something here. It says, the process of dying has always been and ought to be letting go, he says. Uh, spiritually, spirituality of relinquishment, he calls made allied. So there's a process, he says, of letting go. It's not something that you can truncate, but it's something that you go through. And... Uh, says, our culture is focused on control and avoiding suffering that we have lost our way. It's, a te- it's terrible. It's, it's a complete devaluation of what it means to be part of the human family. Those of us who understand palliative care, it's meant uh, to be, we are grieving deeply about this. Our culture is focused on control and avoiding suffering. We've lost our way. And so he seems to be saying that suffering is part of the human condition there's a way of dealing with it. It makes you more human. Uh, it makes your family uh, a little more sensitive to the, um, the, the, the sanctity of life. And mm-hmm. he's saying that made just kind of gets rid of all that. Yeah. And, you know, it's difficult because, you know, you and I are not experts in this. We've read an article here in Faith Today, and we have no reason to question uh, what's being said here. And it, it, it's, raised, it's raising a bunch of red flags. Um, is it as crass as 
as it seems to be spoken about in this article. And I guess I really have no reason to doubt that mm-hmm. it is that kind of, and I think, I'm, I think the right word is, what did they, what he said that when someone comes to an end of life, the doctor, and it might've been Dr. Scott, um, yeah, who said, I can't, I can't remember which doctor it was in the, in the interview, but um, said something about even before he gets a chance to talk about what alternatives might be, the maid team is called in mm-hmm. and it's taken out of his hands. Um, they don't want him to be talked out of it. Yeah, it seems to be that way. Because they're convinced that's you've made the right decision. Right. And I, I'm saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where does a, a physician who sees things a little bit differently yeah. than that, yeah. where do we as, as clergy come into all mm-hmm. of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always being talked about as celebrated as part of the care team on, in the hospitals, and we bring pastoral care, and mm-hmm. we're, we're honored and invited to be part of the whole thing. Okay, well, where's our voice in this whole thing? And how do we speak to especially our own people mm-hmm. who are, are struggling and are in this place? Um, and it, it frightens me a little bit that in many ways we're being ignored yeah. and, and we are, we're not experts in the medical field for sure, but hopefully we're experts in the theological field mm-hmm. and in the notion of what it is to be human and an image bearer of, of God. Yeah. And who, who hasn't in a moment of distress oh my. said, I, I just want to die. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so as soon as you, you say those words, something goes in a machinery happens. Okay. You're not going back on that. Uh, the, the, the oh, horse my. is out of the gate and, and okay. So you've said that, but, but you think more about it and maybe you need your pastor there just to say, did you really mean what you said? Let's, let's think through this and maybe, maybe we should call it off. You're not allowed to do that, it seems to me. That's, yeah, that seems to be what's going on here. And that's, that's what's exciting or, you know, terrifying about this, about this whole thing. He goes on to say, today the unfor- unforgivable sin yeah. seems to be suffering or even to suggest that it might be worth going through some types of suffering. Um, would you like to go through some types of suffering? <laughs> we go through suffering all the time. Yeah, yeah I know. You and I have both said to each other, I don't want to be that person in palliative that mm-hmm. can't care for ourselves and demands that others meet our basic needs. And, you know, my dad, uh, the last six, nine months of his life were really tough. Year, the last year of his life. And I remember him saying to me, uh, David, I pray every night. And I believe that he did. Mm-hmm. I pray every night that I won't wake up in the morning, that I'll wake up in glory. Yeah, that, I get that. that. And that kind of thing, right? I pray every night. Now, he wasn't asking for some kind of action on our part to precipitate yeah. any, wink, any of wink. that. Wink, yeah. wink. Right? Um, and so, yeah, he, he, the last six months of his life were terrible. I, my sister... Um, she was an angel of mercy. She cared for my dad. Um, she actually lived in the house. Her and her husband lived in the house with my dad. Um, and so she cared for him every day and she was just a wonderful angel of mercy. Um, and, but I, I just remember 
he would just look at me and shake his head and just say, oh, David, ah, Lord, please take me home. Mm-hmm. He was 96 years old, um, you know, and he needed care for everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And it was messy. It was no fun, not terribly dignified. Yeah. Um, but that's different than any of this, mm-hmm. right? And it, in some ways, it was redemptive. It was redemptive for him to recognize that people cared about him, and we did. And right. I was, my sister didn't do all the work. I helped yeah. out some, not enough, I'm sure. Uh, it was redemptive for my sister and other mm-hmm. members of our family. Um, and it, it, it brought a, uh, a, a gentleness to our own family as we cared for this man who we loved dearly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, we just got a couple minutes left, Dave. One of the thing, the observations here is that many of the requests for assisted dying, um, the, the nature of suffering is not really physical or not primarily physical. It's existential. Right. Um, it's depression. It's just, uh, why should I live? And they don't have a reason for that. And so because they're in that state of mind, it's not that they're suffering because we can treat suffering physical suffering, but this other kind of suffering, I just don't want to be thinking these thoughts mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that opens up a whole new um, category of people because we have a lot of people in our culture with mental illness, one in five, some yeah. would say, mm-hmm. who experience existential pain and they have suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And how much easier would it be just to call 911? Yeah. yeah, or the maid team, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to note that in the same issue um, on Faith Today, um, they, uh, there's this really short little article on how to respond to some of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we probably should yep. make a note of the fact that um, the EFC is very, very active in all of this. Uh, Evangelical Fellowship of Canada um, and it says www.theefc.ca. There's a toll-free number. I, I mean, by all means, let's, first of all, let's be sure we're supporting the EFC because mm-hmm. I think they do some really, really good work for us. And then, of course, you know, we need to be contacting our MPs and, and responding as citizens uh, to this whole thing because, yeah, this, this is becoming as significant or even more significant, but certainly as significant as the abortion issue. Yeah. And who would have thunk, right? And it's the same conversation. What is the value exactly. of a life that cannot look after itself, the weak and defenseless? Yeah. Well, Dave, we're out of time. Good to see you again. Um, thanks for listening to us. We'll be back next week to have a conversation about uh, preaching today. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to want to hear that because uh, they're very patient, I think, uh, enduring at least my sermons. But uh, how, how do we think about preaching in this day? That's next week. So until then... Thanks for listening.